0: tuning in to the Healthy Minds podcast, where we host conversations with people who are really good listeners, and we ask them to share with us. I'm Lucy Caldwell, and I work for the Fairfax County Public Schools. Today, we're very fortunate to have Anna Davis here. Anna has served as a school psychologist in Fairfax County Public Schools for the past three years. Prior to that, she worked for a DC charter school as a psychologist for two years, and she's currently at Langley High School. But she also has experience working with students of all ages, ranging from preschool to high school age. She consults with teachers and parents regarding emotional, behavioral, and learning challenges. She provides individual and group interventions and support to students with differing learning and mental health challenges. Her areas of expertise and professional interest includes executive functioning, anxiety, and overall mental wellness and resiliency. We're going to talk with Anna today primarily about executive functioning. I'm excited she's here because I think it's really interesting. It's got this fancy title, but a lot of folks probably don't know what it is. And I'll just add, when Anna isn't working... She plays volleyball and dodgeball. She's got a dog that she recently rescued and she loves. She's got a fiance and they love to go on hikes and explore new parks and just get outside. We all need to get outside more, don't we? Yeah, we do. It's good for everybody. So tell me about executive function. What does this mean?
1: Yeah, of course, it's a very fancy word. But Mm -hmm. really, the quick definition is it's skills and different mental processes that help us plan, focus our attention, manage different tasks, um, and manage our emotions. Um, And then our brain uses it to kind of help us filter out distractions and set goals, and then ultimately control our
0: impulses. How did you get uh, so interested in this particular aspect of psychology when you were in school? So I,
1: one of my professors was obsessed with the topic. Really? um, And he was just a really, really... Fun guy and uh-huh. made the topic fun. Um, and then I had the pleasure of working at an alternative high school in Brooklyn um, as my like practicum experience. Yeah. And a lot of the work that we did there was helping the students just organize and filter their days. They were juggling between managing kids that they had um, themselves, managing right. jobs, and trying to manage school. And right. it was a lot. And they were very overwhelmed and they needed some direct teaching of a lot of these skills of like, how do we get organized? How do we plan? How do we set a time for ourselves every day so we can practice that self-care right. um, and manage our emotions? And so that's kind of where I really got involved in it. And then when I moved down here, the um, drive continued. So
0: Yeah. How did uh, this professor, I'm curious, get get you interested. What did he say that got you so energized and interested in this topic?
1: Do you ever just have professors that are just very entertaining? I don't know how to describe it (laughs) Uh any other way, but show fun videos Mm -hmm. captivate you by just getting you engaged in conversation, not just a lecture, not being like this, this, and this, and then go do this. Like actually trying to get you to think about how your brain works and how you have your strengths and weaknesses when it comes to executive functioning. So he had us take this like self-assessment to -hmm. be like, where are your strengths and weaknesses? And even as adults, we have a ton of weaknesses. Absolutely. When it comes to our executive functioning skills. And we have so many strategies that we've just either self-taught or been taught to us that we now are able to help with those weaknesses. And so he shed a light on that for me, which was helpful because when you are helping others, it's kind of good to see where your strengths and weaknesses and then how can you use the strategies that work for you to help others.
0: Well, I was gonna ask you that before we talk about the kids and the students, what should we be asking ourselves about our own executive functioning?
1: Yeah, so I think one, big one, especially now that a lot of us are all virtual, and we're living in this new world. um, And we're kind of having to relearn a lot of these executive functioning skills. Um, I think one of the big things that I noticed for myself is before I was so organized, like I would write down everything in a planner and just keep track of it all in my office, but then my office was taken away. Um, And so I think it's kind of taking a step back. And even if prior to all this craziness, you had a lot of these skills in check coming back and reflecting and saying now in this new virtual world, how am I doing at planning, managing and juggling all these different tasks, managing my own emotions because emotions are high right now for a variety of different reasons. So how are you checking in with yourself for that and practicing self-care? And then just how are you juggling all the different tasks? And do you need to put different processes
0: in place than before to help you manage better? Everything you're saying, I'm thinking, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what can, what are some of the things that we should be doing that might be recommended? Because I have a feeling that a lot of us are just going through the days, but are we really stepping back to reflect on how we're processing what's happened, how we're managing our lives, organizing our lives? Um, Give us some suggestions on that for ourselves, and then I promise we'll move on to the kids.
1: Yeah, so different things work for different people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think one really helpful thing is lists, and I know it just sounds so simple, but it can just help us have um, one place where we can check for everything that we need to do. And let's be honest, crossing things off of a list feels really good. It does feel good. Um, And so that's an easy way just to keep track of day-to-day things. One thing I find incredibly helpful for adults and students um, is having one big, massive calendar Mm -hmm. that has every activity that has to be done. Because the reality is right now there still are some sports practices happening, might be online flute lessons. There's still things that are going on and it's good to have it all in one place. So even for parents to have all of their kids' activities, you could even color code them based mm-hmm. on child and just have it all there so you know what's going on each day. Um, and then I think the other part that we were talking about is just managing those emotions, right? Mm-hmm. And really, when it comes to self-care, you know, we really do need to be taking that time, whether that's only five minutes that you can give yourself every day, something. Um, and doing whatever works for you. So for me, it's going on a short 15 minute walk Mm -hmm. in the mornings Mm -hmm. and listening to a podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of gets me centered. It's time just for me Mm -hmm. to reset and start my day. Some people really enjoy mindfulness in the mornings. Mm -hmm. Some people enjoy deep breathing at some point throughout their day or just taking a five minute stretch break any small break in your day that you can just give to yourself like we all deserve it right now and we all need to do that to be able to take care of others
0: it's sort of about being intentional and being Mm -hmm. planful Mm -hmm. that's a word but really trying to focus on how you can take care of yourself so that when it comes to your kids and we can move on to that um you'll be able to help them and prepare them for the challenges because face it these are challenging times there's no two ways about it and while we're all happy perhaps to have more time with our family members um, there's also challenges and there's concerns. I want to hear about some of the executive function skills that parents of young children first should be thinking about Um, Because this is not the type of thing that your pediatrician tells you how to to help your children cope with adversity or uh, stand up to others and protect themselves. So these are executive function skills Mm -hmm. that you and uh, other psychologists know about, but most parents probably don't. So tell us how with young children starting out what the age range is, that you should be thinking about it, and what are some of the things that parents can do?
1: Yeah, and so I think kind of the cool thing about executive functioning is it naturally develops, right? A lot of the things we don't look back on our lives and be like, oh, this This was taught to me, somebody sat down and taught me exactly how to regulate my emotions one day. A lot of it is intertwined into things that you're doing every day and and scaffolding and modeling for your children. Um, One thing that, you know, I think about as a good example and those emotional regulation skills and the impulse control is even when you're like building blocks Mm -hmm. with your young kid or playing a game with them if it keeps falling down, they're getting more and more frustrated, right? And it's about giving them the support to help them problem solve of how can we get this up with your help, but not fully doing it for them. So they learn those problem solving skills of, of, oh, okay, if I just move this block a little bit, then it has a better foundation and it's not gonna fall. So number one, They've kind of overcome that frustration just by kind of shifting their brain to thinking more critically about how they're going to to build this tower. Mm-hmm. And you've helped to scaffold and model for them of how they can problem solve the next time they're trying to build something. Mm-hmm. And you can do that for any game. Um, even if you're playing a board game of just identifying the emotion, right? It's okay to identify, hey, it seems like, you're getting frustrated, like what can I what can I do to help? What can I do to support you? It's okay to identify that and see if they can kind of show you where they need the assistance instead mm-hmm. of I think sometimes we wanna just do it for them, right? Because right. we it's sometimes easier.
0: Yeah, easier. and that's the reality. You want to relieve your child of anxiety that you might see. Yeah. Every time this happens, my child gets upset, for yeah. example. It- So how do we do that as a parent? How do we know when to step back and to observe and then when to step in?
1: Yeah, I think it's about those guiding questions, right? So they, they have their independent play. They're doing their own thing. And then when you're jointly playing with them, noticing when they are getting increasingly more agitated or really starting to get frustrated, those beginning signs and As parents, you can kind of tell when your kid is starting to get a little aggravated Mm -hmm. and then stepping in and saying, you know, it seems like you're struggling a little bit. Let's see if we can try it this way Um, and just showing them maybe one piece of whatever they're doing and not the whole thing and then letting them try and figure out the next piece and then celebrate those small successes for that child along the way. Right. Because Mm then they can see, even with the smallest one piece of the puzzle, they're getting that positive reinforcement. That's going to build confidence. They're really going to think, oh, next time I can solve that problem on my own. Mm -hmm. So it's about providing that support in the beginning, then backing it away Mm -hmm. so that child can become more independent and more responsible in that skill.
0: Give some examples of What you do, for example, for a young child, you talked about building the Lego tower. Then let's say it's an eight or a nine-year-old, and then that tough age of 11 and 12, and then as you get older, what are some examples of... Because I do think, as a parent, you never stop being a parent. People who've been through it, you can talk about every age and what the challenges and the joys might have been, but the truth is your entire life, once you have a child, you're that parent. So what are some of the different phases, at least, you know, the school age child um, that can be helpful for parents to be thinking about as the child develops and grows? Yeah. I mean, I think as they
1: get a little older, it's about allowing them to, to just have a little bit more responsibility and kind of setting that expectations that here are some things that are non-negotiables, like, you know, we're going to clean up our messes, even if you don't like to do that, but then they have more ownership of that. Um, So it might be a struggle in the beginning. But one thing that I always like to say is negotiations are are key. Um, A lot of children, even starting from very young, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just want to have a little bit of ownership, in their day, um, and in what they're doing. Um, And so if you see that you guys are just headbutting about routines, because routines are one thing that I think about for all ages, too, that is so important. And there are some non-negotiables, right? Like, you're going to show up to school at the Mm -hmm. time that you're supposed to show up to school. Mm -hmm. You know, in the mornings, you have to brush your teeth, you know, you have to go to bed at a reasonable time. But the other time is more flexible, right? Mm -hmm. And so get their buy-in and you can do that with an eight or nine-year-old say you know we have now from the time that school ends till your bedtime we have five hours Um, you have about an hour of homework to do and you have four hours of free time how do you want to spend that free time do you want to put a little bit at the beginning do you want to put a little bit after your homework how do you really want to figure out your time for yourself with the parent still having that guiding lens and they still know what's best of course but it does allow the child to feel like they have a little bit of ownership over their day and I think especially right now they need to feel that a little bit they're used to being being able to yeah they're used to being very scheduled and you know to some degree having more free time for them is probably a good positive thing. Like they're Mm -hmm. able to have more free time for play and all of those activities that we know are enriching, but they're very much used to structure. And so it's about how can we put in that structure for them at home, um, but still giving them some say. And so I think even starting with the eight to nine, it's about giving them, those small responsibilities along the way. Um, So then they do become more independent as we, as they get older and then ultimately whatever their next path is after high school, they'll have those skills for that responsibility. They'll be able to understand that they need that structure. They'll be able to understand that they still require that routine. Um, with a little bit more of their own ownership.
0: Yeah, I think you're you're right. I think that structure and routines are so important when you're figuring out your life, what you're going to do with your day, no matter what age you are or what point in your life. And I wonder, you know, intentionally, are there steps that parents can take to be sort of talking about it without stressing out a child about a routine, because I can imagine that when the pandemic first occurred last March, that it was probably quite painful for people who have had, you know, a strict routine and a strict, uh, you know, at this hour on every Tuesday, I will do this and, you know, how that went did you see sort of a bump in your business of serving clients and students and families during that time? And if so, what were the types of things you you shared with them to help?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that that was across the board. Everybody's whole lives became disrupted. And um, there was a long break where there wasn't any formal structure in place. Um, And I think it, my advice to a lot of them was to try and slowly ease in that structure. You don't have to go like, oh, we're going to do this hour this, right. hour, this hour, this hour, this right. hour off the bat. Like, you don't need to do that. It's more about easing into it. So you're going to do an hour of reading and then you tell me what you're going to do for the next hour. Like, what do you want to do? Um, or, you know, do you want to go outside or do you want to do this and give them that choice and then start to slowly build in the things that you guys are working together to create that more structured routine Mm -hmm. and now a lot of us have a little bit more routine throughout the day but you can kind of take that same mindset to those afternoons right so give them choices start to slowly build in things and if they get tired of it that's okay like we all get tired of the same monotonous routine, In yeah. In a rut, totally. Who wants to be fine. there? Yeah, totally <laughs> fine. Yeah, mix it up. Yeah, um, even if it's like you don't want to do your homework at the kitchen table, you want to do it on the couch tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, <laughs> so make creative. Yeah, right? get creative. Yeah. Do what you can, within your like own means, and just mix it up. Mm-hmm. Keep it
0: fun and interesting in whatever way you can. So when you offer that to the parents and to the families, what's the reaction? I mean, it's positive.
1: I think. I think a lot of times we, when we're in elevated stress, and we're all guilty of this in different ways, um, we kind of stop thinking as clearly, right? And it kind of like, even yeah. if talking about the executive functioning, when we increase anxiety, executive functioning skills go down, even right. us as adults, and we can't think as clearly. And so something that- That's right. that list comes in. Yeah, down, right? and right before the pandemic, something that to a parent would have been like, sure. Afterwards, of course, like you might not, identify that as something that should happen. And that is okay. And I think that that's where it's like, be kind to yourself as a parent, because we've never done this before. Nobody has ever done this before. And it's okay to ask people for help, including us as psychologists or counselors or social workers at school. That's what we're here for. And asking us for help in those moments where you're like, I'm so overwhelmed that I just don't know what to do right now.
0: Anna Davis, I'm so glad you're here to talk about executive functioning. And we just have a few minutes left. But I'm curious, do you do training for other psychologists and a staff for FCPS? Or how do other folks uh, learn from you different skills? And are there, you know, as far as staff and are there resources that you would recommend for parents to so they can work on some of these skills at home especially while they're with their children more than they typically might have been during the in school times
1: yeah absolutely so you know for me like I consult often with staff and families um, me and Every psychologist in FCPS, like that's what we do. And so I know that this has already been an area that a lot of staff and families have brought up to me this year because we are navigating this new virtual world and it is more difficult to keep things organized. And yeah. um, I will just give them different tools that I've used that work. So like online planners or bookmarking different things, creating folders on desktops all of that
0: um, and consult with them and and each child is different too right yeah and each challenge um, that accompanies different individuals
1: yeah um i would say one good thing that i like for emotional regulation just Mm -hmm. for families to know is um, go noodle has a lot of really good brain breaks but also mindfulness activities even for young kids Cosmic yoga also is really great for young kids, and it's really engaging and fun for yoga. Check that out. Um, And calm is really good guided mindfulness for older teens. Um, And I think that that is incredibly important right now because, like I had mentioned, when anxiety increases, executive functioning decreases. And so if we can really practice on our coping skills Mm -hmm. for that anxiety, then it gives our brain a chance to conduct all of those executive functioning skills.
0: Absolutely. I'm really excited to learn more, um, not only from you, but in looking into that in the future, maybe we can help our own family and friends, um, in addition to students and children, and even having these meaningful conversations about issues like this with your family and friends. I mean, of course, it's good to talk about what show you're binging on, but I also think as a friend um, or as a neighbor, it's interesting to talk about issues like this and that's why we're doing Healthy Minds Podcast. Yeah. So Anna Davis, thank you so much for being here. And we really appreciate it. And we really thank you for everything you're doing in the schools with parents and with students and with families and with our own staff. And just want you to know we appreciate it. So anybody listening, do you have a topic you'd like Healthy Minds Podcast to explore? Please let us know. Send your suggestions to Minds at FCPS.edu.